This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, and it's brought to you by Mendeco. Talk to your Mendeco dealer or visit Mendeco.com to learn more about Mendeco land rollers and tillage equipment. The UFA Cooperative, now open in Yorkton and Weyburn. UFA is the exclusive distributor of Diesel X Gold, premium fuel that improves power and saves you money. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock, for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today, farmers made significant progress with seeding this past week. We'll look at the details from the latest crop report. Producers in the southwest and west central have support available for damaged feed stacks. And Saskatoon is hosting a conference marking the conclusion of the seven-year Global Water Futures Program. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And Municipal Hail Insurance, crop insurance at cost. See municipalhail.ca. Saskatchewan farmers were able to make up for a delayed seeding season this past week. Second crop report released today indicates seeding is 38% complete, a substantial increase from 9% the previous week. The Northwest is furthest along at 55% done, followed by the West Central at 54%, Southwest at 43%, and the Southeast has the least amount of acres seeded at 18%. Crop Extension Specialist Mackenzie Ladoon says rain halted seeding operations in the Southeast and East Central regions. Yeah, so this past week there were some pockets of rain that moved through the province, especially last weekend. And some of the rain ended up in that southeast region, which delayed seeding progress a little bit for a couple of days. So the Bienfet region received the most rain, receiving up to 78 mils of rain this past week. Other notable areas in the province include the Vanguard region, region receiving around 24 mils, and the Marengo region received around 22 mils. The rain was also received just a little bit in the northwest of the province, with 13 mils being reported in the North Battleford region. Among crops seeded, field peas are furthest advanced at 54%, lentils at 50%, spring wheat at 43%, oats and canola 19%, flax 10%, and soybeans 7%. Ladoon says topsoil moisture conditions changed slightly. So provincial topsoil moisture levels shifted very slightly this past week from adequate to short. However, the province is still sitting at overall adequate topsoil moisture. So for cropland, our topsoil moisture is about 69% adequate and 24% short. And for pasture and hayland topsoil moisture, there is a similar pattern with 63% being adequate and 28% being short. So we're still sitting really well with our topsoil moisture. Warm and dry forecasts have producers concerned about the moisture reserves in both cropland, pasture and hayland. Producers are definitely watching their topsoil moisture levels really closely and they're hoping and they're watching it in case so they're watching it and hoping for some potential rain showers to move through the areas to increase and keep those topsoil moistures at a good level. This is the busiest time of year for farmers, so Ladoon reminds everyone to stay safe. This is just a, a high-risk time of year for producers, so they're reminded to take any safety precautions that they can to make sure that they get home safe and sound to their families at the end of the night. 
And also there are some dry conditions out there in the province right now. So producers are reminded to stay vigilant about fire risks and to have any fire prevention equipment at the ready in case anything were to spark up. Mackenzie Ladoon is a crop extension specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture based in Moose Jaw. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Prairie 6-Inch. For Prairie 6-Inch eaves trough, size matters. So see Prairie 6-Inch eaves trough, your farm shop specialist, prairieeavestrough.ca. There is support for producers in Saskatchewan's southwest and west-central regions who are impacted by wildlife damage to their feed stacks. Values for forage products through the Wildlife Damage Compensation Program have been updated by the Saskatchewan Crop Insurance Corporation. Saskatchewan Agriculture Minister David Merritt has heard the challenges producers there have faced in the last two years. We've heard about, obviously, the, uh, the damage that the wildlife had done to their feed stacks, but, but also what we did here is for them to find uh, replacement feed, it was very expensive. And, and obviously so, right? I mean, that, that area that we've, uh, we've seen has uh, obviously didn't have a, a hay crop in 2021, had a, obviously a, a better hay crop in 2022, but not a, not a good one by any means. So... Uh, obviously, uh, feed stocks are, are in very short supply, and what we did here from the uh, from the ranching community was, where do they go to find feed, right? So, obviously, they have to go three, four, five hundred kilometers to try and find a feed supply uh, to bring it in, and obviously, what happens then is the uh, transportation costs are, are, are obviously quite high. So. We had a very serious look at it, and we've uh, come up with, I think, a, you know, a pretty good uh, proposal. Hopefully, uh, you know, this will help mitigate a lot of the costs for the producers out there. To be eligible for the top-up, producers must have filed a wildlife damage claim after September 1st, 2022, up to March 31st this year, and have to be in these three different zones. We call the one the Shonovan zone, and then the other one is Leader Swift Current, and that's zone two, and then zone three is kind of that North Battleford, Kindersley, Rosetown area as well. So uh, so we looked at that and said, okay, if somebody's in the southwest, and where do they have to go to find feed? They're, like I said, they're probably going to go four or 500 kilometers, maybe even 600 kilometers to have to source feed. So we set a rate there at $135 per ton for zone one, what we call it. In zone two, it's about $80 a ton. And zone three, it is, uh, I believe, around $40 a ton. And that's just because then their distance to travel to get feed isn't as great. So this is in above to what we had uh, built into the cost of feed for transportation. This is over and above. More information can be found by contacting your local Saskatchewan Crop Insurance Office or on their website. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. Now today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94, brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. While the ice futures canola market declined during the week ended yesterday, the oilseed has been affected by a mixture of supports and pressures. That's according to Commodities Futures Advisor David Derwin of PI Financial in Winnipeg. The July canola contract dropped $20.60 per metric ton during the week to close at 7.14.10 on Wednesday, while the November contract fell below the $700 per metric ton mark, losing $25.70 on the week 
to 685.90. Derwin says canola prices typically move upward at this time of year, but macroeconomic factors have had their way as of late. He says canola has been drifting sideways for the last week or so, hovering around the $700 mark for new and old crop canola. On its own, Derwin says canola's been a little bit quieter. Abnormally hot and dry weather is set to return to Alberta today after a couple of cooler days helped calm wildfires that have forced thousands of evacuations in the province. Record high temperatures and tinder dry vegetation have led to an intense early start to wildfire season in western Canada this year. Weather forecasters see no improvement in conditions until at least next week. The wildfire activity has already caused some rail service disruption but the impact is unlikely to have credit implications for the Canadian grain handling sector. CN Rail had temporarily closed its Edson subdivision between Edmonton and Jasper for the weekend of May 6th due to nearby fires, but reopened the line that Monday. Rival CPKC and its grain handling report for the same week hasn't yet reported any fire-related line closures. The Ukraine Black Sea grain deal was extended yesterday for two more months, one day before Russia could have quit the pact over obstacles to its grain and fertilizer exports. The flow of ships through the corridor had been grinding to a halt during the last few days, with the deal set to expire today. Moscow had initially appeared unwilling to extend the pact unless a list of demands regarding its own agricultural exports was met. While Russian exports of food and fertilizer are not subject to Western sanctions imposed following the February 2022 full-scale invasion of Ukraine, Moscow says restrictions on payments, logistics and insurance have amounted to a barrier to shipments. However, outstanding issues remain that Russia, Ukraine, Turkey and the UN will continue to discuss. Meanwhile, Ukraine has removed barriers to the export of some agricultural commodities imposed last year to prevent food shortages in a bid to boost foreign currency income. The country introduced export licenses in 2022 to protect food supplies after agricultural production was hit by Russia's invasion. While licensing did not ban exports, it made them much more difficult. The government says it would lift the requirement for export licenses for live cattle, frozen cattle meat, chicken meat, eggs, rye, oats, millet, and some other commodities. It says the resolution was developed in response to numerous requests from associations and would help to optimize agricultural exports and increase foreign exchange earnings for Ukraine. Back on May 2nd, The European Union set restrictions on imports of Ukrainian wheat, maize, rapeseed and sunflower seed to ease excess supply to Bulgaria, Hungary, Poland, Romania and Slovakia. Canadian farmers are expressing concern about the possibility of their access to AM radio disappearing. Ford has stated it plans to stop putting AM radios in non-commercial vehicles by 2024. The automaker's decision follows those of companies such as Tesla, Mazda and Volkswagen, which have removed AM receivers from their electric vehicle lines, citing electromagnetic interference the EV drivetrain can create with the AM signal. 
Many rural areas and farming communities are too far from population centers to catch FM radio, making AM the only broadcast media connection for market reports, weather reports, and emergency updates. Representatives from Kubota, John Deere, and Stellantis, the parent company of brands such as Chrysler, Jeep, and Ram, all said in emailed statements they do not have plans to phase out AM radio in their vehicles. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your agri-weather forecast on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, mainly cloudy and a bit hazy. Winds from the north at 20, gusting to 40 kilometers an hour, high of 13 degrees. Tonight, clearing. Winds still from the north at 20, gusting to 40 kilometers an hour, then becoming lighter in the evening, the low plus 2. Tomorrow, sunny. Winds out of the southwest at 20 in the afternoon, high of 20 degrees, the low 10. Saturday clearing, high of 28 degrees, the low 12. Sunday sunny, high of 28, the low 15. Monday partly cloudy with a 30% chance of showers, high of 31 degrees. On Monday night cloudy with a 30% chance of showers and a low of 11. On Tuesday partly cloudy, high of 23. Wednesday partly cloudy, high of 22. And with the normals at this time, uh, normal highs rather, this time of year are at 20 degrees, the low 5 degrees. Sun rose at 5.07 this morning, and the sun will set at 8.44 p.m. this evening. Looking around the province, Estevan, Swift Current, Weyburn, they're at 7. In Saskatoon, 12. And Yorkton, 6. The warm spot today is in Collins Bay at 15, after being the cold spot the last two days. And the cold spot is in Cypress Hills at 4. In Regina, mostly cloudy. Winds out of the north at 28 to 42 kilometers an hour. The temperature is at 8 degrees, 47 Fahrenheit, and the barometric pressure is at 102.3 and rising. In Moose Jaw Cloudy, winds from the north-northwest at 26 to 37 kilometers an hour, and the temperature there is at 9 degrees. Once again in Regina, mostly cloudy, winds from the north at 28 to 42 kilometers an hour, humidity at 53%, and temperature 8 degrees. Back in a moment. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com. And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. Hundreds of Canadian scientists and researchers are in Saskatoon this week for a conference marking the conclusion of the seven-year Global Water Futures program. Global Water Futures was established with a $78 million grant from the Canada First Research Excellent Fund. The University of Saskatchewan was one of four leading institutions, with the others all located in Ontario. Dr. John Pomeroy, the Global Water Futures Director and the Canada Research Chair in the Climate Change and Water Resources at the University of Saskatchewan, says some of the water research was agriculture-related. 
one of the 65 projects was the Agricultural Water Futures Project, and another is the Prairie Water Project. So what we showed there is the effectiveness of snow management and residue and in, in, uh, enhancing preserving soil moisture uh, from the winter into the uh, growing season for crops as a way to fight droughts. We looked at the impacts of wetland drainage on uh, downstream water quality and flooding. We've looked at groundwater recharge of the prairies and how that could be enhanced through uh, wetland uh, preservation. And then also uh, looked at water supply for irrigation. Uh, There have been uh, proposals for a substantial irrigation increase, uh, doubling in Saskatchewan. So we've been uh, running computer models on the water supplies from the mountains to the major rivers to make sure that there's enough water for irrigation and hydroelectricity and downstream water use and supporting really important ecosystems like the Saskatchewan River Delta around Cumberland House. With that in mind, Pomeroy says there will be an increase in water supply in Saskatchewan and Alberta. Both southern Alberta and Saskatchewan will be increasing. It looks like overall there will be an increase in water supply down the rivers through the next few decades, maybe increasing 15-20%. But also the variability will increase and the stream flow will be coming much earlier in the year because of more rapid mountain snowmelt. Much like we've seen this year, this year might be very typical of what the future could be. And so we're going to be, have to be very careful how we manage it, and how we allocate it and set priorities for that use. It gets used for many things, hydroelectricity and community water supply and irrigation. And, and then we still want to support our river and delta ecosystems. And so it's going to take uh, careful water management to preserve all this with uh, what we expect to be uh, occasionally worse droughts and occasionally worse flooding episodes in the future. He says the increase in water supply would come from rain in the mountains. So the glaciers will be gone in a few decades, unfortunately. The snowback will be greatly reduced, but there will be more rainfall. So it's going to be a very different uh, sort of hydrology feeding our rivers perhaps flashier and less predictable because it'll be more rain-fed than snow-fed. Snow's been very reliable for us historically. So we're going to have to adapt to that and uh, find ways to manage our water better. And uh, looking to the south where they've had more rain-fed systems historically, uh, in the U.S. they've had some great challenges there. So uh, we're going to have to learn from their challenges and how they address them and work out our own solutions that work here. In order to accommodate, he says it'll require creative solutions. We will probably want to um, change the uh, rules of operation of the many reservoirs that are on the South Saskatchewan River system and uh, perhaps in the future even start to look at increasing storage capacity. We have a sort of a natural damming from the snow and the glaciers that we're losing. And so to improve the reliability as that's lost, we'll have to probably look at uh, storing it ourselves in reservoirs and that's always very very contentious but i'm sure the first steps will be to look at how we can more effectively use existing reservoirs and even can we increase some of their capacities dr john pomeroy is the director of global water futures which is sponsoring sponsoring a conference in saskatoon this week you're listening to saskatchewan agriculture today with 620 ckrm agri-news director ryan young this segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com We're back with Dr. Chris Clark at the Western College of Veterinary Medicine. 
Yesterday, he talked about the importance of foot care and warning signs of bad feet or hooves on cattle ahead of the breeding season. Today, Clark talks about the special equipment used to treat foot issues on bulls and cattle. Some of the students saw it being used this morning for the first time and were just full of questions. I was trying to explain to them, it is a one of a kind. There is nothing else like it in the world. It was originally designed by an engineer from Humboldt, and he designed it built off a car lift. That was back in the mid-70s. RMD, a company in Saskatoon, took it out in about 2016 and completely rebuilt it. So the best way I can describe it is sort of a giant hydraulic claw that's on a pillar that we can sort of grab the animal from its back. Then we can lift its feet clear of the ground and flip it through 90 degrees so that it's laying on its side and we have perfect access to its feet. It is literally one of the most amazing engineering pieces of equipment I've ever used, incredibly safe. And we can lift bulls up to 3,000 pounds and do a really nice job on their feet. Clark was asked if bulls and cattle get used to it after a while. Actually, it's a really good question. The first thing is, because it's it's squeeze-based, right? We're using hydraulic arms and airbags to actually squeeze the cow. It's a little bit like a squeeze chute. And we know that when you squeeze cows, it actually sort of calms them down. So that first bit is there. What I've noticed over the years is, Cows get used to it. So if you put up a cow several times, and we've certainly had to do this with some uh, lame dairy cows, once they realize you're there to help them, they do get used to it very easily. Bulls, on the other hand, they actually get a little bit more apprehensive, I think. I I think they don't quite understand that we're trying to help them. We are pretty good at handling them, so we can get them on the table most of the time. He says some producers go to the College of Veterinary Medicine to have their cattle treated, but it depends on where they are. I mean, typically, the vet college, we certainly do bulls for quite an area around here, and some of our clients are some distance away, and they know we've got the facilities and the expertise. They'll trailer a a truck full of bulls two, three hours to get it here to get them trimmed. Some producers have sort of developed the skills themselves and have kind of got the technique of, pulling up especially the hind legs with a rope and and trimming them standing in a chute. And then there's a lot of commercial foot trimmers who've got a variety of chutes and tilt tables who will go out and do bulls on the, the producer's own facilities. Dr. Chris Clark is an associate professor in the Department of Large Animal Clinical Sciences at the Western College of Veterinary Medicine in Saskatoon. Here's the market updates with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Sask Pork, working on behalf of Saskatchewan hog producers and our community. Grain prices at Viterra were down in early trading today. Canola is down $5.10 to $704.42. Number one red spring wheat is down $13.35 at $374.45 a metric ton. The rest were unchanged. Durham 409.80, feed barley 345.61. Chickpeas 1058.22, flax 541.98, lentils 765.50, oats 220.32, yellow peas 382.85, feed wheat 289.55. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for July is down 28 and a quarter cents at $8.31.5 a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. 
Livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock, 842-4574. Now the latest livestock quotes. Good afternoon. This is the Yorkton Heartland Livestock Market Report for the week of May the 17th. Just a light run this week with 575 in the short, 340 cows and bulls, a total of 915 for the day. Cows and bulls selling two to three stronger here. D1, D2 cows, 136 to 146, sales to 154, 155. D3 cows, 126 to 136. Old thin, weak cows, lumps and bumps, 80 to 90. Cows are averaging 137 from the Tufnell area. 1,650-pound cows at 157. Good bulls, 140 to 150. Bulls are averaging 152. From that good St. Clair, Manitoba area, 2,100-pound bulls topped out at 168. On to the pre-cert sale. Selling steady with last week. 400-pound steers, 393. 500-pound red Angus steers, 360. 575-pound steers, 361. 650-pound red black exotic steers, 323. My favorite pen, 710-pound black steers, 307. 800-pounders, 285. 850s at 281. And 925-pound steers, 263. On the heifer side, 410-pound heifers, 312. 500-pound black heifers, 324. 575-pound heifers, 309, the 650s at 286, 710-pound black heifers, 262, 800-pounders, 249, and 850s at 242. Highlight of the morning, 650-pound red Angus steers at 327, and 700-pound red black exotic heifers topped out at 266. Next week, Wednesday, May the 24th, will be a regular sale due to the Victoria Day holiday. And our last chance pre-sort sale will be Wednesday, May the 31st. We put on another cow cap pair sale on for Friday, June 2nd. 100 pairs coming in. Semental Red Angus Cross Cows. This sale will be a good one. Don't find cows like this around too often. Full vaccination program. These pairs are ready to go on to grass. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. Have a safe Victoria Day weekend, everyone. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. Now the latest pork prices for the Brandon and Moose Jaw plants. It's currently at $194.41 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. And Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. Mineral sales in Saskatchewan last year reached an all-time high. Sales were $19.4 billion thanks to increased production, higher prices in response to supply disruptions, and increasing global demand. The provincial government says the reopening of the MacArthur River Mine in northern Saskatchewan allowed for increased production of uranium. They add 136,000 ounces of gold was extracted from the CB mine, the highest production numbers in over 30 years. State investigators determined that a fire and explosion at a dairy farm in the Texas Panhandle that injured one person and killed an estimated 18,000 head of cattle was an accident that started with an engine fire in a manure vacuum truck. A state fire marshal investigation report on the April 10th blaze says the driver of the truck tried to put out the fire and several other workers came to help, but it quickly spread. The April 24th report said the investigation is closed. On the markets, the TSX is down 88 points at 20,208. 
The Dow is down 154 points to 33,265. Oil is down $1.13 at $71.76 per barrel, and the Canadian dollar is at $0.74 U.S. And that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide.